After nearly three decades covering the Buffalo Bills, this guy knows what he's talking about. Welcome to Sal Speak, the place to be for hard-hitting analysis from Sal Majorana of the Democrat and Chronicle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sal Speak podcast. I am Sal Majorana on a Tuesday afternoon after the Bills' incredibly impressive Monday night victory over the 49ers, 34-24, to and it really didn't feel that it was that close. The Niners got a garbage touchdown at the end. Um, I got to admit it, I, I did not like this spot for the Bills. I thought they were catching a 49ers team that not only is desperate to win because they were 5-6, and six, they're still in the hunt in the NFC wildcard picture, and they were coming off a very good win over the, uh, the Rams last week, which kind of kept their season alive. And I just felt like it was not going to be a great matchup for the Bills. I, I didn't like a few things in this game. Um, and, of course, the Bills blew it out of the water. There was never really any matchup problems to worry about. The 49ers pass defense, which was ranked fourth in the NFL coming in, was absolutely steamrolled by Josh Allen and his bevy of wide receivers and targets. Just an outstanding performance by Allen. Outstanding game call, game plan and play calling from Brian Dable. And they had the 49ers guessing just about on every play. It was incredible to watch. Allen dropped back 41 times, was sacked only once, rarely had any pressure. So you've got to give a tip of the cap to the offensive line, which, you know, they've been okay this year, but this might have been their best game. That's a pretty good, you know, 49ers pass rush when they can get it going. Um, it was just an immensely impressive performance at every turn for the Bills. Um, Allen dropped back 41 times, 32 of 40 for 375 yards. He threw touchdowns to four different players. Um, it, it was, it, I mean, he's had a couple of 415-yard games this year, one of those early against Miami, which was a team that probably hadn't figured it out at that point, and then against the Seahawks, which at that point of the season, they were without question one of the worst pass defenses in history. But this was against a team, as I said, that had been playing against the pass pretty well this year. And one of the biggest issues was they were shorthanded. They were way down at cornerback. Uh, Richard Sherman is back. But let's face it, Richard Sherman's in the twilight of his career and is no longer an elite player. Uh, Jason Verrett's a decent player, but they had nobody to play the nickel spot, and that's where Cole Beasley just took advantage and had a great game, 130 yards, a new career high for him. Um, the 49ers rushed four most of the night, couldn't get pressure. They were covering with at least six, usually seven, mostly in a zone defense, and the Bills receivers just continually found the soft spots, and Allen was as sharp uh, as he's been all season. He, he threw the ball into so many spots where it was right on the money, like in stride or right out of the break. Um, the ball was waiting for the receiver as he turns around. Um, I mean, I, I can think of two passes that he'd like to have back. First drive of the game, he missed Lee Smith in the end zone, but that was kind of a play where the 49ers somehow snuffed out that it looked like he was going to throw to Ryan Bates on a tackle eligible, and he had to come off of Bates, and Lee Smith was in the back of the end zone. I think a better throw might have been a touchdown. Then again, it's Lee Smith. You never know. But there was that one, and he threw one into double coverage 
Um, later in the game, it was a weird decision. He was kind of scrambling around, and that was one he probably shouldn't have thrown. But if those are the only two throws that I'm going to talk about on 41 dropbacks, that's a hell of a night for Josh Allen. Um, again, it's just we're, we're watching a quarterback just grow up before our eyes here, right? I mean, nobody could have expected the leap that he has made in this 2020 season after what we saw the first two years. He's got six 300-yard passing games this season, and I know yards are not always, you know, the biggest determining factor in success, and quite frankly, a lot of 300-yard passing games uh, by quarterbacks in the NFL are garbage. You know, they, they lose the games, they're behind, they pile up big passing yards, <clears throat> and you'll see a lot of those games are really not that meaningless or meaningful. This was a meaningful game for Josh Allen, 375 yards, because the Bills needed those. They weren't running the ball great, and they saw the matchup that needed to be exploited. They went right after it, and they scored 34 points. They needed him. That game was still, you know, the 49ers were still within reach in the fourth quarter, and they needed Allen to be as good as he was, and he was outstanding. The point I was going to make about the six 300-yard passing games the most important and impressive uh, aspect of that is the Bills have won all six of those games when he has gone above the 300-yard mark. And I don't think you see that too often in the NFL. I mean, you could even look at some of the great quarterbacks. There are probably some games mixed in where they topped 300 yards and they didn't win. To be 6-0 and in games where he goes over 300, I think is a notable statistic for the Bills. And it just it just you know, illuminates the fact that this team has to be a pass-first team moving forward. They tried to run the ball against the 49ers. Devin Singletary averaged, I think it was three and a half yards a carry. He's just not a dynamic player. Zach Moss had a big, big fumble early in the game. It cost the Bills seven points, um, and he was benched pretty much the rest of the day. On the opportunities he had, he did very little. So they've got problems in the run game, and they're going to have to live and die with the passing game. Now, the issue that that causes, however, is they played indoors Monday night. Perfect conditions, and the Bills took full advantage of it. Well, that's it for that for the rest of the year now. Um, They host the Steelers, the now one-loss Steelers, on Sunday night football at the stadium. I'm guessing it's not going to be 70 degrees and perfect. Then they have to go out to Denver, and you never know what you get in Denver at this time of the year. Then they're at New England, again, December 28th. It's wintertime in the Northeast, and they close against the Dolphins at home on January 3rd. The weather most likely will not be overly cooperative, and that's the one thing that I would worry about moving forward is that Allen you know, probably isn't going to be able to light up Um, a 350-yard passing game or 375 like he had in this game. It's going to be more difficult to throw the ball, and we're going to find out whether the Bills' offense can adapt and still win games if he's not throwing as accurately and for as much yardage as he did against the 49ers Monday night. So that's something to watch. Um, But right now, I'm not going to dwell on (laughs) negatives. There's, There's just too much good to talk about in this victory Um, I loved how Brian Dable recognized that the 49ers nickel cornerback 
uh, Dante Johnson was never going to be able to keep pace with Cole Beasley, and they just had Allen, you know, feeding Beasley throughout the first half. He had his career high, uh, his single game career high, by halftime, 113 yards, and then he did uh, he slowed down a bit in the second half, but that didn't really matter because Allen found other where other places to throw the ball. It just seemed like every time he dropped back, somebody came open, and Allen knew where to go with the ball. He knew where the open man was, and he delivered. So that was really impressive. I, as I said, I love the game plan by Dable. You know, there's 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 days when you wonder sometimes. You know, what's he thinking? I can't think of one play last night where I scratched my head and thought, well, what was that call? Because there really wasn't anything to complain about. It was a it was a great job, and I hate to say it, but that's a national TV game, and Brian Dable's name again might start to get hot when it comes time to off-season head coaching um, job changes. He could be in the running for one of these openings that are going to be available, and it's too bad because... I'd love to see him stay in Buffalo and see this thing through. Uh, he and Allen together for three years, it's just incredible what we've seen, as I said, from Al- with Allen's progress. And a lot of that has to do with being with Dable for three years and just knowing this offense so well. And that was all on display in this game. We think back to the Tom Brady era, right? I mean, he played for so long in this basically the same offensive system. And yes, Brady is an all-time great, probably the greatest quarterback in history. But, you know, don't forget, he didn't always have great weapons on that team. The fact that he was in the offense for so long, same head coach, he did have different coordinators, but that attack was generally, you know, it was Tom Brady's attack because he was in it for so long. That had a lot to do with the success he enjoyed there. And Allen's got a long way to go, obviously, but to get three consecutive years with the same offensive coordinator in the same system has just been a godsend for him. And you, you just hope that when Dable does move on, and it could happen at the end of the year, you hope that the, the Bills can bring in somebody who can keep the ball rolling and keep Josh Allen on the trajectory, the trajectory that he's on right now because he is he is gaining he is gaining ground on that elite category of quarterbacks at least in 2020. You've got to you've got to put him in the conversation um, based on what we've seen the first 12 games with the best there is. I mean Mahomes, Rodgers, um, all these guys, Russell Wilson. He is playing at that level, and he's the reason. He is the reason why the Bills are 9-3. and three. Now, I want to jump off offense because, you know, as good as it was last night, really as great as it was, 31 first downs, 449 total yards, um, you got to give a shout-out to the defense. Now, there were some problems during the game with tackling. That's been an issue with the Bills, you know, really all season. They, they've, they've not been a great tackling team I think we could all agree that there's been some missed tackles that really make you scream, and it's cost them a few big plays. Um, There were a couple last night. But in general, I thought the defense played very well in this game. Now, granted, it was Nick Mullins. It wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, Mullins is never going to be – I mean, Mullins didn't play terribly, but he's certainly not a top echelon quarterback. So that certainly helped. But, you know, the Bills were confronted with Debo Samuel and the rookie Brandon Ayuk, two very good receivers, both of whom had decent nights last night, although a lot of that did come in the second half when the Bills were pretty much in control of the game. 
Um, Raheem Mostert is a is a very good running back who didn't do a whole lot last night. Um, my point is the Jet the Bills defense really had a nice game. You, you take away, you know, the Zach Moss fumble. The Bills made a great goal line stand on the first 49ers possession. Uh, now, granted, it was a 97-yard drive, which wasn't great, but they stiffened up when they had to, and they they forced the uh, the turnover on downs. And then the very next play, Zach Moss gives it right back, and that gifted the 49ers seven points. So you you certainly can't blame the defense for that. And then the 49ers got a late you know garbage time touchdown. So those out of the mix, the Bills gave up 10 legitimate points in this game, right? I mean, there was really 10 legitimate points that, you know, the 49ers were able to move the ball and they scored. So you look at that and that's that's a pretty good performance, I think, for a defense. The yardage numbers in this game really don't mean much of anything. I think the 49ers ended up with 402 yards. Mullins threw for 316. That was a classic case of a 300-yard passer who, you know, did not really have an impact on the game. His team lost. That was Nick Mullins last night. Um, so overall, like I said, the numbers aren't going to look great. The Bills will probably drop a couple notches in the in the yardage rankings in the NFL, which really don't mean much anyways. But it was it was a good defensive performance, I thought. I, I thought I liked a lot of what the Bills did. You know, coming up with turnovers, and both of those were big turnovers. Micah Hyde made the pick in the third quarter. It was 24-10 to 10 at that time. Um, he returns it down to the five. The Bills did not punch it in there because of a couple penalties, but it produced three points and made it a three-possession game. And then, you know, it's 34-17 to 17 with seven minutes to go. 49ers are at the five-yard line and, you know, looking like they're going to go in for a touchdown makes it a 10-point game, and these days in the NFL, 10 points is nothing, right? I mean, we've seen that, even with the Bills. So it's a it's a moment in the game where the Bills needed to make a play, and Trey White comes up with it. Just a great read on the throw at the goal line. He makes the pick, um, prevents the points, and from there the Bills you know, pretty much closed it out. They gave up, as I said, the garbage touchdown at the end. But those two turnovers were... You know, produced three points for the Bills and essentially took seven points off the board for the 49ers. I liked a lot of what the Bills did, you know, in in the run game, especially at the goal line. I mean, they did a good job against a 49ers team that has been able to run the ball with a very a varying group of guys, right? Jeff Wilson has been part of it. Tevin Coleman, uh, Raheem Mostert, as I said earlier, these guys have all been pretty good when they've gotten the opportunity and none of them really got going. There were two runs of 16 and 18 yards and that was just about it for the 49ers in terms of chunk plays on the ground. Bills had a nice game against that. It helped, of course, that the 49ers had to go into pass mode for most of the second half. But even when they did, I thought the Bills did a nice job. Ayuk hurt the Bills because he had a nice matchup with Levi Wallace uh, Wallace did not have a good game. He got beat by Ayuk uh, on the first touchdown of the game. He got, you know, it was a quick slant, and he just didn't hold up. I mean, Ayuk just beat him right off the line, and Mullins put it in there for the touchdown. And then late later in the game, Ayuk beat him on a 49-yard bomb, just ran right by Levi Wallace, and um, it was not good. Wallace did get screwed on the first possession of the game, 
uh, 25-yard pass interference penalty, which was not a penalty. But that goes against his record, unfortunately. So all in all, not a great game for him. But everybody else, I thought, really stepped up and did a nice job. Um, the Bills did not get a sack in the game, but I thought they got decent pressure on Mullins, and it wasn't all because of blitzes. You know, the last few weeks, they had been blitzing probably more than Leslie Frazier has been accustomed to doing, and it was working. I didn't think they went at – I'd have to look at the stats, the advanced stats when they come out, but I don't think they came after him as much – as they did. They, they sort of laid back in coverage, and I think there were two reasons for that. They knew that Mullins was not the kind of guy who could pick them apart, and he doesn't have a strong arm, so they weren't too worried about anything getting over the top. So they tried to get home with their standard pass rush and covered uh, the 49ers, and the 49ers don't have a whole lot of weapons outside of Samuel and Ayuk. You know, George Kittle didn't play in the game. Obviously, Garoppolo didn't play quarterback, so the Bills weren't too concerned with their passing game, and they kept everything underneath. And, you know, the 49ers, they made the 49ers drive the ball down the field. And really, outside of the garbage time touchdown and that first series of the game, which should never have happened because Wallace on the third down play shouldn't have been called for the pass interference, outside of that, the 49ers really didn't threaten much at all um, with their passing game or even their offense in general. So I really liked that about this game for the Bills, even on special teams. I mean, I gave the Bills special teams an A in my report card. There was nothing outstanding about the game, but there were some things that were very good. Tyler Bass stayed on a roll. He made both of his field goals, all of his extra points. Um, Bohorquez only punted once in the game, and it was a 68-yard bomb that flipped the field. So that was all good. Andre Roberts only had two touches. But he had a 22-yard punt return, which improved the Bills' field position on one possession from, from their 10-yard line out to about the 32, I think it was. And he had a 25-yard kickoff return. And then the coverage teams did what they were supposed to, and there wasn't much because there was only the one punt and only one kickoff that Bass didn't get a touchback on. So like, even special teams, this it was a solid performance. There were no penalties in the kicking game. You don't often see that. So I guess all of this is leading up to the final point here. This was, without question, the Bills' most complete victory of the season. Outstanding on offense. They were good enough on defense, and really in some points of the game were very good on defense. And on special teams, they all did their job, and nothing catastrophic happened, and the Bills were better on special teams than the 49ers. So without question, as Sean McDermott said, he agreed. It was the most complete game that they've played all season. It was kind of the game that we've been waiting for from the Bills, right? I mean, we've had, there's been several games this season that have been high-scoring affairs. You give a great, you know, checkbox for the offense, but, you know, the defense had some bad moments in many of these games. Um, you know, they gave up 32 to the Rams, 32 to the Cardinals, 34 to the Seahawks. You know, there's been some rough moments for the defense, and they've been bailed out by the offense. And there were some games where the special teams weren't great. Um, some games, like the Jets game, the offense could not punch it in, and the Bills' defense stood up and was fantastic against the lousy Jets team. But still, a game that you know could have gone the other way if not the defense playing as well as they did. So there's been moments for each side or each facet, but this was the first time I think the Bills put three uh, three phases together all on the same night, and the result was 34-24 to against a 49ers team that, as I said at the very top, was a team I was worried about. I thought they were going to be better than they were. 
Um, yeah, again, it wasn't in San Francisco. Maybe that has something to do with it. They had to go on the road and play this game in Arizona. I don't think that had a whole lot to do with it. There's no fans anyway, so it, you know that wasn't really part of it. I just think that the Bills outplayed a team that is better than its 5-7 and seven record would indicate, and that's a great sign moving forward. So this week, the Steelers come to town. Um, I, I kind of feel bad that they lost <laughs> on uh, Monday night to the to the Washington football team. I was kind of hoping the Steelers were going to come to Buffalo undefeated, and that would have been awesome if the Bills could have delivered their first loss of the year. I'm, I'm almost positive it would have been the latest that the Bills have ever played an undefeated team because I think even the Patriots, they played them earlier than Week 12 the second time, I think. I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure that both of those games were played um, in 2007 before uh, week 12, 13, whatever it is here. So that would have been fun to see an undefeated Steelers team come in, but not going to happen. Still, it's a big game. Steelers are 11-1. and They have the second seed right now because the Chiefs have vaulted into the first spot at 11-1 and as well. And the Bills are 9-3. and So, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to catch the Steelers, but if they were to win the game, they'd have the head-to-head and they'd be just one game behind so you never know what might happen down the stretch. But I don't think they're going to be able to catch the Steelers. Um, but still, it's going to be a great matchup. Um, the biggest thing for the Bills is not to be worrying about the second seed because, quite frankly, what's the difference? There's not going to be a first-round bye attached to this this year. So what they need to do is keep their focus on winning the division, keep, keep stacking wins, and you know that's what you need the Bills to do is get this division uh, home, <laughs> get it done. I think I saw something where if the Bills were to beat the Steelers and the Dolphins lose to the Chiefs, which I think we can expect that would probably happen, um, if the Bills can take care of their business, I think they can clinch the division with a win out in Denver the following week on a Saturday afternoon. So if that is the case, and I think it is, there's there's all the incentive you need this week to go beat the Steelers and, and again, stack wins, get to number 10, and that's going to put you in, in a great position where maybe those last two games against the Patriots and the Dolphins really don't mean much at all. That would be a nice spot uh, for the Bills to be in. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope I was positive enough for you guys today. A lot of you on Twitter always get on me for being a negative nabob. And, you know, I had a few negative comments last night during the game. I'm always going to tell you what I think and share what I think I've seen whether it's good or bad. It's not my job to be a cheerleader. I think most of you understand that. Some of you on Twitter clearly don't. But look, this is, this is I think, as upbeat as I've been all season about a Bills performance, and deservedly so. They were, they were outstanding, and you hope that this is going to continue moving forward. As I said, the only real concern I have is that if the weather is not going to be cooperative and the Bills can't throw the ball the way they've been able to throw it most of the year, that's a little bit of a worry. And you hope that this defense has turned the corner. It looks like it has because they might need to win some games on defense down the stretch. I think I think certainly this week that might very well be the case. This Pittsburgh defense, even without Bud Dupree, is going to be a supreme test for the Bills. And I, I doubt very much you're going to see the Bills scoring 34 points in this game. So the defense will have to be good. I expect this one to be a low-scoring game, a real physical physical slug-it-out battle. 
and the, the Bills' defense will need to be good in that game and certainly down the stretch here and as they, as they go into the playoffs. All right, folks, I'm going to wrap it up. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I will talk to you next week after the Bills-Steelers game at Bills Stadium. Have a great week, everybody.